Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Fins Up podcast. I am your host, Mortz. And look, I, I understand everyone appreciated and listened to Dan's solo rant last week. Um, and, it, you know, it hit high numbers. It was really good. But it just seems to be Dan and I talking about the same stuff every week in terms of the board, the team, players that we don't want there. How do we change this? So we decided this week that we would cut Dan and we would bring in a guest host. So I'm joined by the lovely Lynn Gannon. How are you doing, Lynn? Good. Thanks for having me, Terry. I'm happy to be Dan for a day. I don't know that I'll be as sarcastic, but I'll do my best. Yeah, look, no one no one can reach Dan levels of sarcasm and pettiness, and we've discovered this in the three years that we've been doing this now, but it's always nice to get fresh faces on. Um, Lynn and I are doing this over teams, and, and believe me when I say there's no bigger Sharks fan out there, that she's got posters and flags up in her home office, which is great. Um, I'm in sunny Coffs Harbour, we were discussing that um, off air, it's beautiful weather up here and the town is painted black, white and blue in anticipation for our game against the Gold Coast Titans in two weeks, but Lynn, before we get to that, we've got plenty of stuff to talk about. Uh, so let's start, and obviously now the, the talking point from everyone on uh, mainstream social media is the current state of our club and the board and how they reacted, and it feels like that they've sold their soul for 2022 success and got rid of the 2021 season. How are you feeling about this at the moment? I, I think there's been a little bit of catastrophizing, if I'm honest. I think that the club itself, if we talk about the club as a football business rather than just the on-field side of things, we're in a good spot. I don't know how long everyone's been a fan, but I've seen far worse positions that we've been in. I think as a club and as a business, I think they're in a pretty good shape. In terms of on-field, yeah, different story. But the club itself, I think we're looking pretty good. Yeah, look, I, I think, you know, people only ever judge a football team by how many competition points they have. And I think that's a really, really poor way to judge it. And yes, this season, you know, maybe our expectations of getting back into the finals, you know, they're not going to be met. But what, what, what were the expectations going in? Did anyone seriously from the outside looking in think that we were going to win the Premiership this year or did we have to make a change? No, I, I don't think anyone came into this um, this year thinking that we were going to be top four. If you did, you were very ambitious. But uh, top eight was a possibility. But, you know, I, I think we've pretty much ended up where I thought we would, sort of around the 12, 13, 14 mark. I think that's where we thought we'd be. Um, look, stuff's gone down for sure, but uh, I think that for the future, long term, we're going to be looking pretty good. Yeah, and, and it's the thing, when you go into a new season and you finished eighth and we limped into the finals on a short season, if there was another five weeks, the Gold Coast Titans or the Warriors overtake us. We just we had no cattle, we had no troops. And we go into the season and we add one player, and that's Aidan Tolman, and you can't really expect miracles. Like I, I was ambitious enough in thinking that we may be able to overtake the Newcastle Knights with a little bit of cohesion, but... Even still, an injury-depleted Knights team dispatched of us and, and sloppily let us back into the game. Yep, but absolutely. We had, to make it, we had to make a decision and we had to make a tough decision and that tough decision was to get the best young coach in the game, Craig Fitzgibbon, to come and, and coach us for 2022 for three seasons and allow him time to build and mould his team. And, you know, we've got about $5 million in salary cap space, so we had to pull the trigger. We either keep Morris and hope that, you know, he develops as well. But, yeah, I, I think we, I definitely think we made the, the right choice. But what was your what was your thought on how the whole Morris to fit situation went down? Anyone who was involved in it, and I'm talking about the board and Dino, 
and John himself would, would have to admit that things could have gone better. There's no way that any party involved in it could, could not say that. There was a vacant position for a coach for 2022. That's a fact. Yeah. Recruitment was underway in 2021. John was one candidate. Fitzy was one candidate. There were also other candidates, including potentially a former coach of ours. He wasn't the successful guy. Now, you've been involved in recruitment, so have I. You've got someone as an incumbent in the role, someone else wins the role. Do you keep that incumbent on and have them face uh, press after a loss, which would be awkward, have face press after a win, which would be just as awkward? So I think moving him on, the timing might not have been great because it was five weeks into the season, but once Fitzy was confirmed, there was really no other choice. Yeah. You don't leave an incumbent in a role. No, it's and that's it. It's, he got um, let go before our sixth game of the season, which would have given him... 19 pre-game um, interviews and 19 post-game interviews. And if he did somehow get us into the top six or the top four, you know, all those questions are going to be, have, have the Sharks made the right decision? And, it's, and you know, it's going to be external pot shot after external pot shot. And, like, he was sacked about five weeks ago and you've still got Buzz Rothfield going on about it. Yeah, they won't let it go. I think everyone does need to move on, to be perfectly honest. They've sort of, it's almost like... Johnny's been canonised in hindsight, like, you know, he's God's gift to coaching. He did a terrific job. He was thrown into it unceremoniously when Flano was marched off and did a great job with what he had to work with. So I can't never take that away from him. Good on him. If he'd won the job, I'd be right behind him. But the decision was made by the club and they've got a whole recruitment board and a whole team that was on that. They've made a decision to go with Fitzy. I think it would have been really awkward to keep him and they've done the right thing. It just might have been a little bit awkward for everyone and time we all moved on, I think. Yeah, and, and my, my last uh, say on this is that, you know, people are saying that John was harshly done by and, you know, he's a fantastic head coach. He's now a free agent and not one club has sounded him out for a head coaching position. He's offered... Or a, has he been sounded out for any um, assistant coach position? Yeah, there was, there was a report today that South Sydney and Penrith are looking at him. But looking at him doesn't mean that you're talking to him. But he also offered his services apparently free of charge to Melbourne who declined. So if there's all this, you know, hoo-ha about he's a great coach and he's a great vision, he's a coach for the future, he should have been snapped up by now or at least uh, at least been having, you know, publicised meetings because if John Morris was meeting with another club, it would be back page news and Moley and Buzz would be all over it. They would. And look, there's probably a future for him in head yeah. coaching, but is he there yet? No. Perhaps not. No. And he, you're, you're he right. He's got yeah. to work his way up to that. Yeah, you're right. He was thrown in unceremoniously. And look, I, I commend him for the job that he did, and I'll never condemn John Morris. He was one of my favourite players, and I love the fact that he was the coach, but we really needed to freshen this team up. And it was either, you know, a, a complete rebuild, which I'm really looking forward to, or. You know, you go with John and just hope and pray that we somehow stumble our, you know, our way to another premiership in the next eight years with, you know, finishes around about that six to eighth. We're, we want to be an ambitious club. We want to be a big club and we're making the right moves. Mm. And I think what's come out with the whole Andrew Fafita thing, it's only one side of the story for sure, but man management is a huge part yeah. of coaching in the modern game. And if he's got a difficult character, well, not a difficult character, a challenging character mm-hmm. in Andrew Fafita, then that says something about his man management skills for me. So that's something he can develop over time and he'll get there. And now speaking of Andrew Fafita, let's talk about the current state of the team because we've collapsed in some games that we should have won. We should have beaten the Roosters, we should have beaten the Knights, and because of those losses there, it just looks like we've given up. There are players that are off contract that 
would be lucky to get a gig at the Bulldogs at the moment, let alone overseas or at a decent club. And there, there are some players that have, you know, despite all the drama and the head noise, that have really stepped up their their game. But what's your state? What, what's your take on the current state of the team? I'm a little disappointed in some of the performances from people that I've got a lot of respect for. Wade Graham is one. I love Wade dearly, and I'm seeing from him stagnation. It's just he's not firing the way we know that he can. Um, Our forwards are walking. They're not running. Um, You know, and I'm quite disappointed with where they're going. And it's hard to believe when you say we've got people coming off contract. Are they not wanting to impress whoever, Fitzy or another coach, if they're looking to move on? They, They need to be shining on the field, and it's just not happening. It's, it's quite frustrating to watch. Yeah, this, the, the new rules in this game are all about power and speed, and we don't seem to have either of those at the moment. We seem to have lethargic forwards, um, and our backs are not real quick at all. Like we, we joke about it every week, but if someone took an intercept you know, 90 metres out from our line, I'd expect them to be pulled down around about the halfway line. Absolutely. But to be fair, we've lost both of our flying wingers, yeah. um, you know, which is where a lot of the speed was coming from. I mean, Will Cundy's never been a fast-running guy. None of the halves are fast. And Dukes, you know, Dukes in the last few years has actually been someone who's performed when others were not, but now he seems to have switched off. Yeah, Defensively he, poor and no attack. He looks like a guy who has literally been told that he will not be at the club next year. Yeah, I agree. That's that, that's the way that... Jo- and and it's, it's really heartbreaking because... You know, Josh has been fantastic for us. He hasn't been in trouble since he's come to the club. And, you know, he, he came with a long history of indiscretions, you know, minor indiscretions, nothing nothing major. But you haven't heard anything about it. I think the worst thing he ever did was call Buzz Rothfield a dickhead. And if you want to consider that bad, well... But, yeah, look, there's a couple of players. But Wade Graham, for mine, just looks injured. He just looks like he has not recovered from his major knee injury. And it looks like he's... Oh, I don't want to use the word timid, but he just doesn't look right when he takes the field for us. Mm, so he's probably recovered, but he might be hesitant to yeah. re-injure himself perhaps. Yeah. But I don't know, is there no fire in the belly? There just seems to be no let's do it for each other going on with anyone. And you mentioned Tolman earlier, great fellow, but he's a journeyman at the end of the day. He's not going to set the world on fire. Um, I love Andrew Fafita, but short bursts is all we're going to get out of him, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, Toby, yep, he's, he's doing an okay job. Is he a superstar? Not Remains yet. Remains to be seen. Not yet. Uh, there's just nobody up there pushing, you know. I miss the days of Priz and, yeah. you know, all the guys we had, but we don't have them anymore, so we've got to work on some younger guys coming through with some speed. Jack Williams, look, he's been far better than I expected. He was – every time he got the ball last year, I would hold my breath, but that's <laughs> improving. Um, but is he the future? I don't know. I no. don't think so. No, and look, the, the two the two guys that really have a lot of um, explosiveness and, and power in our forwards are Royce Hunt and Talakai. And Royce Hunt took a horrific knee injury and, you know, reports like that he was trying to make it for round one. I'd be surprised with a patella tendon injury if he plays this year. Um, mm. such and as, he might come in hesitant as well. Yeah, such such is the severity of a knee injury of a, of a patella tendon. I'd be really surprised if, if Royce... Uh, played next year and then you've also got Talakai who mm. was injured came back got suspended came back got suspended mm. he's a he's a good forward but he's got a lot of growing to do as well you know the person who I haven't even noticed is Britton Nakora like, there's yeah. been games where I've gone is he on yeah is oh, he playing and that's the the game can pass Britton Nakora by if Sean Johnson's not there mm. to, to babysit him but 
Look, he had a really, really good game against Souths up in Magic Round, and that's something Magic Round always seems to bring out the best of Brit, so maybe he needs to go to Brisbane. Maybe he needs big crowds. Yeah, that's yeah, something like that. But look, you know, there's there's some players in the team that you would you would have hoped would have stood up and and forced a new contract. And one of those players is Sean Johnson. But all reports are that his attitude is really poor. He's off the club at the moment. Um, he's not doing, you know, he's he's not as engaged as he could be. And maybe that's because we did give him that one year four hundred thousand dollar offer. But you know, as a professional athlete, if you get that offer and and you really want to stay at the club, you should have been doing everything to make sure that they come back with that six or $700,000 offer that you want. At the moment, I'm taking Moylan over Johnson next year if that's what it comes down to. He seems to have more fire in the belly, doesn't he, Moylan? Yeah, yeah. And I'd be happy to have SJ, but the bottom line for me is I want people who want to be there. Yeah. I don't want someone who's turning up for a paycheck and doing the minimum. I want people who want to be there and want to win for us. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... There's there's some players that you can see that have the passion for that jersey every time they run out. One of those players that we're missing is Ronaldo Mulatalo. And, you know, he just he just bleeds Cronulla. You know, he's always slapping the jersey. When there's a try, he's always trying to rev the crowd up. The opposition hates him. Um I, I don't know what it is. I, I honestly, I don't know what I don't know what they can do. Um, but they need. He lifts the team, doesn't he? Yeah. That, and that's a, that's a really good point because I think that it infects the rest of the team with his enthusiasm. And whilst we've got nobody showing that enthusiasm, maybe that's why the mood seems to be down. Yeah. Um, you know, Katoa as well. He's um, you know his kick returns at the beginning of the year were were absolutely sensational and. You know, another player that we're not getting enough out of but was a big-name recruit for us when we got him back is Jesse Ramian. Mm, indeed. And, and now we've got Chambers who, oh, bless his heart, he looks like he's a little past it for me. Oh, yeah. And then you've got Dugs on the other side. So we've got old centres, and centres is a position that needs that quick-off-the-mark, quick-passing type of behaviour. We just don't have that at the moment. And you're right, the kick returns are something I hadn't really considered because that starts your sets off 20 metres further downfield. We're just not getting that because as good as the two guys are that are filling in, neither good. of them are big fellas and they're not fast fellas. No, and I mean, God bless him, Connor Tracy has probably been our best player this year, but he's not a winner. No, and he's all heart. You've got yeah. to give him that. But yeah. yeah, he doesn't have that size to take it 20 metres further on the, on the kick return. Yeah, exactly right. So... Before we, we jump into players who might be able to help us, and I've got a list of names just to gauge your thoughts on them, what was your initial reaction when we when we signed Craig Fitzgibbon? Now, bear in mind of what happened with Bomber and, and take that emotion out of it, but what was your initial reaction when we announced Craig Fitzgibbon as our coach? Initial reaction was a bit, little bit of shock, to be honest, because I had no idea it was even on the card. So they kept that nicely under wraps, and I did feel immediately, oh, God, poor, poor Johnny. But as time went on, and I'm talking a number of days, I started thinking about how good it was going to be for us going forward. Um, watching that interview the other day, I came away from that massively impressed with the guy's professionalism. His slapdown of Wyther was divine. Yep. Um, all of those things. I, I looked at him and thought, you're someone I can really get behind. He's untested. There's no doubt about that, and that's something that we can't shy away from. But he's coming from a system that's proven to be successful. He's going to bring some of that with him. He'll do his own thing. He's going to have his own style. I'm sure he wants to stamp his own um, way of doing things upon a club, and that's probably why he's chosen us as a bit of a blank slate. We've had a lot of the Flano type of approach for a long time. Johnny Morris came in under Flano, same sort of thing. So it impressed me that he was talking about the young guys too. So I think that he really wants to build his own squad and do his own thing. And I think that that could be a really a good thing for us going forward. 
Yeah, absolutely. And look, I haven't I haven't caught that media press conference yet, but I did read the article about how he said, you know, whilst he's whilst he's bummed that he didn't get Adam Reynolds, um, it's not the end of the world, and he's got plans in place. And you start hearing, you know, there's apart from Adam Reynolds, there's a lot of noise behind the scenes of players that you know Fitzgibbon has put on the the list, and you know he and Gal are going to get involved in trying to getting these players over the line. Um, but my initial reaction when we got him is I don't think people quite understand how good this guy can be if he lives up to the hype that he's got because this hype wasn't around John Morris but it is about Craig Fitzgibbon and multiple clubs the Warriors, the Eels, the Dogs the Dragons went after Craig Fitzgibbon but he picked us and that's that's the big thing about it and you're talking about someone now in the breath that even though he's not tested as you said he's, he's very well he's raw he's an assistant coach at the moment but people are talking about him as a long-term career coach they're not talking about he might be on the scene for five or six years and then go and clean up messes at other clubs like your jason taylor's and anthony griffin's they're talking about a guy who's going to be held in the same breath as a trent robinson and a craig bellamy that's yep. that's sensational for him to have turned around and called cronulla and said i want i want to coach the sharks that's when we had to stand up and listen and and find out what this guy was all about. I'm, I'm really excited that we've got him, and it does give us something to look forward to. Indeed, but I think everyone needs to just take a little bit of a chill pill. 2022 isn't suddenly magically no. going to turn into a minor premiership year for us. No. There's going to be a building phase that goes on. So even if he has new players in the squad or if he builds the old squad, mm-hmm. next year is going to be a settle-in year and a get-to-know-you year and him finding his feet and the team finding his feet and how he wants things done. So it might be a better year, but it's not going to suddenly be outstanding. Exactly. Now, talking about players that he might bring in with him, and it's a question that Dan and I ask everyone that we speak to. What's more important at the moment? Is it power or speed? And for you, you answer that question for me in the DMs by saying, we need a brand new forward pack. Yeah, because I think that what's making the halves look even worse is the fact that the people in front of them doing the forward roll on aren't rolling forward. Exactly And so right. that makes them look worse. So I think we need to look at fresh props. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Toby could be a prop. At the moment, he's wearing the 13, but he's more playing a sort of running role, uh, a frontline role. So it may be key. if we keep Toby, put him in the front row, we need a new partner for him. I think a fresh partner from outside. I think I think Toby Rudolph's best football in the next two years is going to be off the bench. He showed in 2020 how good he was off the bench. At one point, he was the most inf- impactful player coming off the bench. And I think these new rules, he fatigues really quickly. So if you yep. give Toby a 15-minute burst before and after half time, and that's it, that's his role. In, and then you're talking about rep on us because there's always someone in that New South Wales and Australian team who only plays literally 15 minutes in the forwards and that could be him and there's there's yeah. no harm in that I really do think that we need to get some aggression so there's some names here that we've been linked with in the media and some that we haven't before we move off Toby, yeah. from a money ball perspective, yeah. do we try and trump the Bulldogs to keep him or do we be realistic about his price? I wouldn't trump the Bulldogs at $650,000, but my info is that that's nowhere near what the dogs are offering. They're only offering that 650000 if he does get him, like if he, you know, if he gets into origin teams. Right. Um, from what I understand at the moment from talking to the man himself and people around him in his associated circles is that his first preference is to stay with Cronulla and they reckon they'll get a deal done for the next three years. 
Awesome. Okay, sorry to interrupt. Off that's, you go. That's okay. So the first one is a forward who Craig Fitzgibbon uh, has been credited with uh, a lot of his career, and that's Isaac Liu from the Sydney Roosters. He's currently playing on the bench for them. He's a front row and a New Zealand international. Have you looked at him, and what were your thoughts if he was to come over? Not in great detail. I know he's quite a young fellow, though, isn't he? Was he 23, 24, something like that? 30. Dan and I thought he was... Yes. Dan and I, but he's a late bloomer like Toby. He's only been on the scene for about four or five years, but yeah, he's 30 years old. Okay. Uh, if the price was right, two yeah. years, sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the same as that. I think, you know, he's, he's going to be a forward who's not going to break the budget, but he's going to instantly probably make our bench or our starting, you know, front row a lot better. Um, another name that is being thrown up in the in the um, newspapers, and I haven't got wind that we are speaking to him, but Dale Finucane. Melbourne Storm player, ex-Bulldog, plays for New South Wales in Australia, 27 years old. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I would have thought he was older. Isn't that interesting? I've gone yeah. the other way with him. Yeah, I would have yeah. thought he was more like 30. Yeah, um, yeah he, he's sort of Tolman Plus, really, isn't he? Like a bit of uh, the the um, David Jones version of the uh, of the Aiden Tolman. Uh, that's a maybe. Yeah, I wouldn't be shattered to lose him. If yeah. we got him, I'd take him on board for a couple of hundred grand. Yeah, look, I would have, I would have said yes. And, and get him if uh, if we hadn't have got Cam McInnes because everyone forgets about him. He's the forgotten yeah, man. Yeah, no, I haven't forgotten. Um, but I still think that there's a, a job for Dale Finucane if he was to come and be our starting prop because, you know, uh, Brendan Smith has shown that he can play in the front row. So if he can do it, then Dale Finucane can do it as well. And the one thing that Dale Finucane does is he covers that ruck and so does Cam McInnes. And I think that's the most important thing for us because we leak more metres than anyone up the middle. And you're talking mm-hmm. about the Bulldogs and Broncos there. We leak more metres up the middle than them, and that just shows how much mm. we don't have. Yeah. So it's not just about the going forward. We need better people for defence as well. So if he can get that first 20 minutes under his belt, you're right, and then put on a Rudolph or yeah. even a yeah. a Fafita even and, oh. and get some more metres, that would be a good idea. Yeah, no, uh, okay. Yeah, no, you've talked one, me around. The next one is my favourite forward of the last couple of years, and that's Marty Tapao. I just love his mm. hair and I love the size of the man. He's an intimidating human being. I'm six foot seven. I feel small next to this guy. Yeah, he's a big unit, that's for sure. Um, is he definitely off contract at, at Manly? He's not off contract, but Manly have told him that he is free to go and find a new home if he wants to. And they'll pay some of the freight? I don't know if they'll pay some of the freight. I hope you, fingers crossed, they'd pay some of the freight. Now, there was a, a stupid article released by, I think it was the Mole, um, that said Marty Tapao is looking for $800,000. Someone at Manly told me that Marty Tapao is currently being paid five hundred and fifty grand. If you wanted $550,000, I'd just take that on the chin. Yep, yeah. I think that's fair enough too. So that, that'd pretty much do us because don't forget we've got the guys coming back from, from injury as well, so we'd have a really nice forward there's, roster there. There's one more name that's been that I've got here that's been told that they're allowed to look around from the Brisbane Broncos, and he, he probably is a top five forward in the game at the moment if he just knuckles down. But it's Tavita Pengai Jr. Yeah, I'd take him. Oh, no problem. 100% I'd take TV. No problem. Mate, imagine having him and Marty as your offload kings. Will Kennedy would score 100 tries if we got both of those guys. Yep, yep, um, yep. So it gives you a nice little go forward, doesn't it? Yeah, and then I've got two names that can improve the back line that are both off contract, and one that you mentioned to me, so I'll save him for last. But for a centre, we need a little bit of power and pace out wide, and this guy's got power and pace in abundance, and that's Sebastian Chris from the Canberra Raiders. I've only seen him a couple of t- a couple of games that I've actually reviewed for the Player of the Year on Twitter for him, and I hadn't paid much attention to him before. Yeah. But yeah, no, he's quite impressive. I'd yeah. take him. 
Yeah, I would as well. We got linked with Curtis Scott about three weeks ago, bringing him home, and I was like, ah, oh, man, I'd rather the other guy. I'd rather. Mm, yeah, me too. Yeah, I'd rather. Because he, he's, he's sort of uh, one's on the way up and one's on the way down. I'd yeah. rather have someone on the way up. We we do a lot of buying guys on the way down. We tend to lock them in for a long time, pay too much. I think we need more young up and comers. Speaking of an up and coming player, and you did mention me about this, and we both agree that we need to do whatever we can, but it's Nico Hines now. I, I I reckon that the two of us want it for different reasons. I want Nico Hines for his footballing ability, and I reckon you just want to go down there and have a perv. Oh, I'll, I'll take both, yeah. <laughs> Very good-looking character, he, isn't he? He's not, uh, not uneasy on the eyes, for sure. No, look, and I... But he's got, he's got heart. He's got a bit of a Toby Rudolph, a little bit of mongrel about him, too, and an interesting personality, and I think that's what's lacking. Everyone's very flat. We need a bit more of that. Yeah, and look... I, in, in terms of what position would you play him if you got him? Because I, I've penciled him down here in the six next to Braden Trindle. Uh, six or a centre, I think. Yeah. Um, and you've got a backup fullback in him as well if you need that. Yeah. Which, and... let's face it, if Will's out, we don't really have a backup fullback at the moment. Look, it's interesting that you mention him at centre um, because I had I had initially thought that and then you know maybe you could just get Sean Johnson or Matt Moylan to re-sign for a year. I had talked myself into Anthony Milford if we got Adam Reynolds. I'm talking myself out of it right now. The one player I, I, I could live I could live with Anthony Milford on a one year cheap deal to see if he still got it in him. The one player that I couldn't deal with us getting though would be Ashley Taylor. Oh, I didn't know that he was even on the consideration list. So no, I'll pass on Ash Taylor. Yeah, I know. I'd cry if we got him. But Nico Hines, he. he I, Nico Hines probably solves about three areas of concern for us in one signing. You can either put him at centre and then we, we back Johnson or Moylan, or you put him at 5'8 and you go and get yourself a centre. There's lots of players in the club as well that we're, we're pretty excited about, and that's Jensen, I can't say his surname, sounds like Tonema P, but it's Tomopia or something. Jackson Ferris, if he can ever keep himself uh, injury-free. Janiah Lua-Lua is killing it in flag and New South Wales Cup, scoring try after try. Uh, so they're more yeah twenty twenty three options yeah. I think yeah and then we have got a young kid Kaylaro as well who's going to be a huge talent when he's you know when he fully develops he looks he looks like Valentine Holmes and he moves like Valentine Holmes and he's as quick as him probably not going to be as good as him but um, there are some pieces there and I think Fitz is right when he turns around and says that looking inside the club there's a lot to work with but you know four or five smart astute recruitment signings and four or five re-signings and then a couple of promotions and we're, we're back on track it's not it's not what we're talking the 2022 is going to be a premiership year but there's a lot to build from i think if the systems are in place and i'm pretty sure that he's going to bring some fresh ideas in that regard mm-hmm. that the roster regardless of how it looks will pick up based on um, the systems that, that he's going to put in place in the club i think yeah absolutely um did you go up to magic ground I didn't know. No, I would have thought. Oh, for some reason, I thought you were going up. But um, what was your take on the spectacle of it? And then, obviously, we'll, we'll quickly touch on the Sharks game. Look, I only saw it on the TV, of course. I was going to go in 2019, and then for certain circumstances with COVID and whatnot, I didn't go. Um, it looked, look, there was a better crowd than I expected, to be honest, and everyone that I've spoken to who's been and all of the postings on social media, everyone had a blast, and it looked like a great spectacle. Mm-hmm. Um, the Saturday night is definitely the pinnacle of the thing because you have the three games, the biggest crowd, they've been on the beers all day. Um, the hype looked really great, and I think that it lifts all of the teams to have a big crowd. Yeah. Even the games that were slight blowouts were still uh, an engaging thing to watch so I like to think it's a great concept but should Brisbane get it every year I'm not so sure about that no Dan and I said that um, 
I, I feel that it should have gone to New Zealand next year. Even if it was, even if we we're going to give it to Brisbane every year after that, it should have gone to New Zealand next year to say thank you to for them. For, the Warriors, for, yeah, yeah, for keeping the competition alive for us. And I went over there to the Nines, and that's a, that was a great experience. Yeah. So if it's in the same, if it's played at the park and done in the same way, that would be a great weekend as well. Yeah, uh, what was the highlight of Magic Weekend for you? Bearing in mind that the Sharks lost. Uh, look, that that just on that game for us, I was actually pleased to see more of an effort. So I wasn't disappointed. First half, I was very disappointed. Second half, I felt a little bit more positive about things. Um, the, as a whole, uh, I think the downside of it was the whole crackdown and the sin binnings. Yeah. Um, but the highlight, I think, was just the general vibe around rugby league being a great product again. I think people were feeling more positive in general. So no one game stood out for me, uh, but the whole thing felt, Positive, and everyone's come out of it, you know, believing in rugby league again, which is which is great. Yeah, look, it, I, it was interesting. It, it was great to see a big crowd. It was great to see like heaps of atmosphere, and you know, the show was apparently incredible. But the highlight for mine is Brisbane getting fifty put on in front of their home crowd. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. It um, wasn't a home game for them, though. However, they were the away team technically. Yeah, still, it was in Brisbane. They can't win the comp this year. It's great. Um, See, they're a good example of a club that's good off the field and yeah. having a bad time on the field. Yeah. So the two don't necessarily coincide all the time. Exactly. Um, we'll just quickly review the Rabbitohs game. As you said, it literally was a game of two halves for Cronulla, which ended up being decided by a ridiculous call where Chad Townsend wasn't even fined for a crusher tackle. Generally these days, if you get done for a crusher tackle, you're facing the match review committee and you're going to cop a suspension because they hate that tackle. Townsend wasn't even fined a cent. Now, and I they hate, had to rewind, what, four tackles to go yeah. back and even look at it. Now, I hate Chad Townsend, and I can't wait for him to leave the club, but even I was as gobsmacked as the stupid look on his face that a penalty was given to it, and then to turn around and see that he wasn't even charged or fined by the match review committee, and it halted all our momentum, because that we had them tackle four inside their 40-metre line. We were about to get the ball back. Will Kennedy was returning that ball like a demon. Mm-hmm. And then... No guarantee we go on with it, of course, but it no. just took the wind out of everybody's sails, didn't it? The disappointing thing for that was one call went, st- one call went against us and we drop our head, concede two tries in 94 seconds. Mm, yep, and that's what has to be uh, addressed going yep. forward. Can't be doing that. Um, yes, that Chad thing certainly turned the game, but I think Chad earlier in the match, he and Dugan were game. like a lovely little turnstile mm. to open up and let people through. Um, both of them, I think, was shocking in defence in the first half. Yeah, yeah, absolutely shocking. Um, and and it's not just it's not just the attempted tackles that you see on that side of the field as well, but it's also the defensive reads. Mm. You know, going the, the wrong shoulder and that yeah. sort of thing. But that's where you get the sort of sticking out your arm for a bit of a swipe and they end up giving away penalties because it's lazy defence. Yeah, very very lazy. Uh, and that first half as well. You know, when we had that when they had their player Simbin and and then they still score a try against you. And you're just like, what is? What's going on with this team? The best thing that happened was that try right before halftime to Will Kennedy because it gave the boys a little bit of a bounce and then, you know, Woodsy and Britt score and and obviously we're, we're right back in the game. You know, Woodsy. Woodsy, Woodsy if you'd said to me before the game, you're going to hear the words, Fafita to Woods try yeah. in one sentence, I would have been gobsmacked. No, I know, but look, I mean, Fafita, we'll, we'll touch on him in a minute because I've got him pinned down here, but... Woodsy had a Woodsy had a good game, and the the problem with that is that if you got that every week from from Aaron, you'd be like, wow, we could probably save some money by keeping him, and then we wouldn't have to go and get like an Isaac Liu or you know don't go and get Dale Finucane because we've got that in Aaron. But the problem is, you get one performance like that from Aaron, and you go, this is what he can do, and then for the next four weeks, he shows you what he really is, and that's the the problem. week before was terrible. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's a lot of walking with Aaron Woods and there's a lot of, you know, people turn around and say that he's got a bad attitude. I don't think he has a bad attitude because you never hear a bad word about Aaron Woods off the field. And I think he's a very, very committed footballer. He's just lazy and he doesn't have a work ethic. I think he's a really lovely guy. I've got a lot of time for Woodsy. He's one of my favourites as a person. Yeah. Um, but he has shown that he can walk and, and be a passenger when it suits him. So yeah. um, I was sure he got another try. That's two for the year. That's got yeah. to be some kind of record, I think. Absolutely. And now talking about Andrew Fafita, it was really interesting because he did come out and make those comments about Bomber and said that Bomber never spoke to him, told him to retire, didn't tell him what he needed to work on. Came on the field, had some really, really good runs, looked really inspired and happy to be out there. And then he gassed. And that's coming from a guy who hasn't played footy in a couple of weeks and ha- you know, has played a few games for Newtown, got suspended, but the pace of a Newtown game is not the pace of an NRL game. But for mine, I don't understand why he wasn't on the bench in round one over Billy Magoulis. I'll say that from the start. But two, it has shown that there's no place in the NRL for Andrew Fafita moving forward. And as Long term, no. no. Unfortunate as it sounds, I know because he's younger than me, but as unfortunate as it sounds that the game is going past the injury for Fida, not as a person, the footballer, but his injuries, he just can't move anymore. No, he's and I, as someone with problems with my own legs, I know how that feels. But mm. yeah, I think that the best is behind him. We still love him very much. Yeah. But I think he brings an energy that we've been missing, as we've talked about today. He's yeah. got a real vibe and an up vibe about him. So even if I get 10 minutes in each half out of him, just to give them a bit of a spur on, he yells at them from the bench. He's got all of that energy going on so I'm happy to have him there for that for the rest of the year but would I re-sign him next year sadly probably not the problem is he's got one more year next year is the last year of his contract ah right so we've got to do wow. it. yeah and I mean there's there's always the, he's turned around and said that he doesn't want to play for another NRL club and that's why he rejected which is great game. I applaud that it is great but I don't know if I want $750,000 for a 10 minute spell you know that's that's not that's a lot of money. You know, if, you, if you're given $450,000 to Toby Rudolph to be your impact bench player and you've also got Andrew Fafita making almost double that as an impact bench player, it's not salary cap well used. So if there is that opportunity for him to go back to, you know, to, to look at playing with his brother in England, I think we should encourage him to explore that. He But he has earned the right to be there and for his own send-off, and I think that's what was killing him the most is that someone made the decision for him that he wasn't going to represent the Sharks anymore. He didn't get to make that call. Mm, I, I think so too. And that's he's done so much good service for the club. We owe him a certain debt of gratitude in a way. I mean, the, the bloke literally won us the grand final. He did. Like, he did. You know, you can talk about all the other players and signings that we made that year, but that bloke literally won us the grand final and was the best player on the field. And it's, you know, you debate a wall. I know Luke Lewis got it, but it was, it, it was the Andrew Fafita game. Yeah, I agree. All right, Lynn, we've got the local derby on Friday. I'm driving back from Newcastle to be at this game. Will you be there? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I wouldn't expect any other answer. Uh, Looking at the team list, look, obviously there's one name that irritates me that he's still been named this week. (laughs) Um, Yes, you'd think that the opportunity was there to uh, explore other options, but, you know. Yeah, where we are. You know, fingers crossed that it's just a smoke and mirrors and he's not there for the kickoff and Braden Trindle gets a, an opportunity to play a full 80 minutes at halfback. The Dragons are really depleted. They've got... Mm. No, and no, Dufty's a big deal. Yeah, Dufty them. always scores against us. Michaeli Ravalawa always scores against us. Tarek Sims has a field day on an edge against us. They're missing Tyrell Fui Mayono as well and I think someone else got suspended, I can't remember. Um, they don't really have a good team, which scares me. Um, but how do we beat the Dragons, Lynn? 
We have to get our forwards going up the middle. That's what has to happen. We need to come back from our kick returns with much better run metres there and uh, get the ball out wide and hope for the best. Yeah, look, for, for mine with the Dragons, I think we've got to target their weaknesses now and their weakness is definitely going to be on the edge. If they've got no Tyrell and no Tarek, that's an opportunity for us to really, really go at that. But also, no Dufty and no Ravalawa means that when we're in field position, we should be testing them with high kicks. Now, I don't mean a Chad Towns and end over end high kick. I mean like Just a straight Braden, to their arms. I mean like a Braden Trindle bomb that he put up. Give it something different. Um, we also need the, the one thing that Cronulla aren't doing this year when they get into attacking territory. It's they try and score on every single play, and then we we seem to muff it. We don't. We don't build pressure. I think we need to get a lot of, you know, we need to be aiming for four or five repeat sets and just really tiring the Dragons out. The other the other area that we've got over them is Blake Braley in the middle. If we get a quick play of the ball, he needs to run. Um, I've picked, he needs to bring his kicking game in a little bit more, yeah. I think, too. Yeah, I mean, he's kicked, he's kicked the same amount of 40, 20s in three years as Chad Townsend has in his career. You can't tell me that Chad needs to do all our long kicking. Um, I think we need, speaking of kicking, I think we need more out of Matt Moylan, and that's one area... That really hurts us when we when we don't have Moiser on the um, you know when, when we have Moiser playing five eight. Obviously, he brings Will Kennedy into the game and, and attacks really well. But we you know it's it's noted that on the fifth tackle, Chad's going to kick the ball, and so all the yeah. pressure goes on him. And now Chad's switch not a, switch it around, switch yeah, it around. Chad, Chad's not a very good long kicker, but then being able to target him every fifth tackle makes it worse. Mm. I've noticed with, with Moiser on the left-hand side there, he does those little no-look flick passes. Mm. A lot of the time that seems to be going wrong, so we just need to get the guys on that side aware of that and ready to <laughs> catch, catch the pass because it looks amazing and then someone spills the pass. Yeah, look, and, and the one thing about Moylan as well is he really, really brings Kennedy into the game. So that's you know if that's the side we've got to attack all night, then attack it all night. Just go for it. I tipped us to beat the Dragons 13-plus with no real conviction and mainly just because I had a look at their team list. Um... What do you Bravo Lowe is huge. With him out, that, that's huge. Because he's, what was it, three tries last week? Yeah, three tries last yeah. week. He scored two against us in round one and ran for like 189 metres. So, mm. um, what's your tip? Uh, I think with 13 plus, I think we're very safe. I yeah. think even line, we're probably looking 50-50. I think it's a toss of a coin. If we come with the right attitude, we're in with a good chance. If we start strong and score first, I think we're looking pretty good. I yeah. mean, I'm, I'm tempted to tip us on the line. Yeah, uh, with the um, with the inclusion of Corey Norman after we played them, the Dragons looked really good and he was brilliant, but now it seems that that Corey Norman effort has come back down as well. So I'm kind of hoping that that stays there. And I just don't think they've got enough... I don't think they've got enough players at the moment to lift themselves past us. And obviously we're trying to get that first win under Josh Hannay. I think we get it. I don't know if it relaunches our season. We've got a pretty easy run in... You know, it's it, you know the opening ten weeks were horrific in terms of the teams that we played. I think the next eight weeks is kind to us, with the hardest team being the Gold Coast Titans. So, mm. if ever we were going to go on a run and and you know put ourselves back into that you know mix for an eight spot, it's now. And we're quite. I don't even care if we're not in the mix for an eight spot. I just want to see effort. Yeah. And absolute conviction to to win, just for the sake of winning, not for we're going to try and make the eight. I want them to want to win for the sake of winning. Yeah, absolutely. Um, before we go, Lynn, have you got anything to plug or? Uh, no. The only thing I would, I would like to bring up and hope that most members have got their email to say that there's going to be a um a members information session at Carilla for. Um, for Sharks members. It's down for the 2nd of June. Okay. Uh, but I was talking to Phil at the club this morning and that first 
session is almost full, so they're talking about running two because the interest has been so high. So if you've got your member's email and you are interested in coming along and hearing what Dino and the board have to say, um, put in your Google form and make sure you're registered because they look like having two sessions to talk about where the club's going. So that should put to bed a lot of the speculation. Well, Dan won't have got that because he's not a member, so I'll just let him know. <laughs> he can come along with me. Yeah. <laughs> Because um, there's less room at Carilla, so you know it won't be one of those big auditorium things we used to have down at Woolaware. But um, they certainly want to talk directly to the members. So if you've got that email, make sure you reply so they know what the numbers are going to be. Perfect. Look, Lynn, it's been a pleasure. Uh, the pleasure's all mine because it's definitely not yours having to sit here and talk to me for 40 <laughs> minutes. But thank you so much for coming on. You've been great, and uh, I look forward to seeing you on Friday and uh, hopefully seeing you up up Cronulla. No worries at all. I look forward to it too. Nice to talk to you, Terry. Cheers.